Welcome to the Simple Classroom Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Sutherland, and I am so happy you're here. Thank you for pressing play on this episode. It's going to be a good one. Today, we are talking all about difficult parent emails and just parent relationships and communication in general. But specifically, I have a four-part formula for responding to sensitive or emotional or difficult emails from parents since it is something you are putting into writing. I think it's helpful to have a framework to follow. So I want to share my framework that I have used for years with you all, and I hope that it's helpful. Let's get started. Okay, so parent communication. This can be something that is extremely difficult and overwhelming and maybe even intimidating for teachers who are newer to the profession. If you are a veteran teacher, it might not be intimidating anymore. Maybe it's an annoyance. Maybe it's frustrating. Um, Maybe it's just one more thing you have to deal with. Your attitudes towards parent communication kind of ebb and flow and change over time. But at the end of the day, the importance of quality parent communication never changes. I do believe that partnership with parents does make education better as long as that partnership is within the boundaries of you are the professional and you know your classroom best and they are the parent and they know their child best and sometimes those lines can get blurry sometimes we get ourselves into situations where we are communicating with a parent who because they know their child best they feel that what they say should automatically go But I think what we need to get back to in the world of education is the idea that, yes, they know their child best. You've known them for a handful of months. They've known their child for their entire lives. They do not know what their child needs in juxtaposition of 25 other children. They do not know all of the needs of all of the children in your classroom. So although they know their child best, you know your classroom best. And I think parent partnership in education is strongest when both parties know the strengths they bring to the table and they both know the expertise that they have. So a parent should absolutely be able to speak to you about what they believe their child needs, but in turn, they should also be able to listen to you about what your classroom needs. Um, So... I think this is where it can get tricky. And this is where I really struggled as a brand new teacher. My parent relationships and communication was so difficult for me my first few years of teaching. And not because I constantly had parents on my back or just jumping down my throat about things, but really because every parent incident or altercation or question made me nervous and made me feel stressed out. And so over time, I decided that I needed to just follow a series of steps and maybe write a handful of templates for myself to give myself a jumping off point when I'm getting ready to write an email to a parent about something that they're questioning or they're confused about, or maybe even they're upset about. And Giving myself a framework to follow really helped eliminate the stress and the emotion from the situation, which helped me write 
clear, more effective emails more quickly. So I want to share this with you, but I want to give the disclaimer first that parent communication is best when it is proactive. So if you don't already have a newsletter in place where you're giving parents the 411 about your classroom every single week before the week begins, I would highly encourage you to create a system like that. Um, I'm sure that Everyone has something like that, right? Everyone has some way that they're telling the parents what's going on before it happens. But a lot of parent communication issues and confusion and hurt feelings and concerns come from a place of parents feeling like they're left in the dark and their kid comes home and brings something up that the parent had no idea was happening. So proactive is professional and it saves you a lot of time. It's the most efficient to send one blanket email about some big project you're going to be doing in class is a lot easier than not telling the parents at all and getting 25 individual emails asking questions about what are they supposed to bring in? They said something about this being a big grade? Do I need to do something from home? Like just address all the details up front before the kids come home and tell the parents about it. I think that alone right there cuts back on a lot of parent emails. And in my experience as a teacher, I get far less parent emails now than I did when I was a newer teacher. I'd say my first couple years of teaching, I was responding to individual parent emails almost every night. I mean, and I, at least that's how I remember it. Maybe I'm exaggerating it in my brain, but I had a few that I remember just, they didn't inherently trust me and I wasn't giving them a lot of reason to trust me. And then as I got more organized and efficient and proactive with my communication, the parents had less questions. So it was just on occasion. But even then, no matter how professional you are, you will inevitably have someone get confused or have a concern about something and they'll email you and it might make you feel nervous. So this is what you do. Step one, if you get an email that you need to respond to that's making you feel uncomfortable and you feel like this could go one of two ways, I could respond to this and the parent could go, okay, thank you so much. That makes so much sense. Or the parent could respond with a litany of more questions and more concerns and seem even more upset and confused than they were before. If you want it to go like the first route, you follow these steps. Step one is you thank the parent for being invested, right? Thank the parent for their questions because at the end of the day, they are invested. They took the time to write the email to you because they do on some level care about their child's education and what's happening to their child in the seven and a half hours that their child is with you. And I don't think this fully clicked for me until I became a mom myself. But when you are someone's teacher, you have 20 plus little people in a room who mean the world to someone else, at least hopefully in most cases, right? In most cases, the kids in your classroom have someone in their lives who love that kid more than life itself. I love my own three children more than I love my own life. Like that's, that's just how parenthood works. That's how the, the brain chemistry realters itself when you're pregnant. Like you are so bonded to these little people and then somebody else has them for seven and a half hours a day. And some parents respond to that differently than others. Some parents really want to know everything. And so I think it helps to kind of just soften the conversation by just starting to be like, Hey, thanks for your questions. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for your investment. I really appreciate you. Um, step two is acknowledge their concerns. Restate it back to them. Make sure there's no confusion. Say, I'm hearing you say that you are confused about my grading policy or you are confused about the school's 
outside lunch policy or you are confused or have concerns about the district's birthday policy or whatever it may be. Go ahead and restate it back to them so that if there is some confusion there and they go, oh, no, 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 no. I understand the district's policy. I was just asking about this. They can go ahead and just kind of let you know really early in their response that thanks, thanks, you you cleared it up for me. That That's not what I was concerned about. But if I'm totally off base with the tone of their email or the thing I think they're concerned about, it's helpful to just state back to them exactly what those concerns are so they can let me know if I am off base. Step three, justify your beliefs or your actions. Give them the evidence or the research or the procedure or protocol from the district or the school as to why you responded or handled or set up something the way that you did. This part is the most important. You have to know why. You have to know why you chose to teach a standard that way, why you chose to handle behavior problem that way. If you do, Again, you know the research behind it, or you've had extensive experience in this area, or this is the way that truly works best with all of the students in your room. That's where you need to make sure that the parents know that. When I was a new teacher, I always felt like I had to tell the parents that they were right, like the customer's always right kind of thing. And I learned quickly that I should defend what I'm doing for the whole of my class rather than catering to every single family's individual requests. I also learned that sometimes parents feel like their idea would be best for their student, but they don't have the experience with working with your whole class. If you change things for one student and you throw off the dynamic of the entire classroom, you might make that one student or that one family happy, but you might have a dozen other students and parents who feel that their child's education is suffering on the other end of it. So justify, present the evidence, explain, copy and paste things from the student or the school handbooks, refer them to resources where they can learn more about a particular topic that you're teaching. Anything that you need to include as to why you did it that way goes here. Now, if you don't know why you did it that way, then maybe it's time to eat a little slice of humble pie and maybe say, you know, I'm open to suggestions on this. It hasn't been working super well for me either. And I really appreciate this. I'm going to take this into consideration. It could be as simple as that. You don't have to say, you're right. I'm going to change it right now because you don't necessarily want to set the precedent for whatever they email you. You're going to do it right away. Um, but you could say something like, you know, this worked really, really well with my class last year, and this year it's not working as well, so I'm going to consider your suggestion, and I'm going to consider what will work for all of the students in my classroom and meet all of their needs, and I'll get back to you with how I'm going to change this. But if you're doing something or you handled something a specific way because of a specific reason, go ahead and make that abundantly clear to them. After thanking them and acknowledging that I totally get that you're concerned about this, let me explain to you why I did it this way. Step four is invite the parent to continue the conversation. So let them know you're available to answer more questions if you need to. Let them know that they could come in in person for a conference, see their child's work in the classroom or see where their child's seated or talk to you about the curriculum you're teaching anytime they want to that fits within the bounds of your school day and your contracted time and your availability. These steps right here typically create kind of a sense of peace between you and the parent because they feel heard, they now understand your justification, and they also feel like you're not just trying to shut them out and push them away. They understand now, oh, she's really professional and she's thought through why she's doing the things in her room. So they just decided to trust you a little bit more than they did the time before. 
It doesn't mean that every time something concerns them that they're just going to go, you know what? I just trust that Miss Sutherland's got this. I'm just not going to email her. It doesn't mean it's going to go that way right away. But it does mean that if you are consistently professional and clear in your responses to parents that after a while they do trust you and they do go, huh, my kid came home and said that this is what they're doing, but I know Miss Sutherland will tell me. And then they don't send you as many emails as they used to. And then if you stay in the same school building, you build a reputation for being organized and having great communication and being professional and being thoughtful about the way you handle your students. So then the next group of parents go, I've heard great things about her. She's going to tell us. And you just kind of your reputation, your reputation precedes you from year to year and it gets easier every time. It really does. If you're new to teaching, you might feel like it never gets easier. (laughs) If you've just been bombarded with parent communication this year, you might feel like it never gets better. It absolutely does. So I have two resources that I'm going to link in the show notes. The first one is I do have a chart with a checklist of the four parts of an effective email to parents that I'm going to link for free in the show notes. You can just grab it anytime you want to. The other thing that I'm going to link is a link to my email templates. So these are emails that I have pre-written that I just saved. So when I need to send a parent an email about a kid got hurt at recess or a kid is missing some assignments or a kid's not turning in their homework or a kid did a really great job or a kid is working towards something and they just got a few really great grades after working so hard. I have the template that gives me a good starting point. It's not the full email written, obviously, but it gives you the base. You can change out the parent's name. You can change out the kid's name. You could tweak the language a little bit, and then you can copy and paste the email into your own email. It makes writing emails a lot faster for me to have these templates saved. And so if you want to grab them for yourself, I do have a link in the show notes along with some other parent communication tools like newsletter templates and things like that. So I'm going to link all of that in the show notes for you guys so you can check those out and get more support in parent communication as you need it. And I hope that you have a great week teaching your kids this week. And I can't wait to talk to you next time. 